Welcome to Simply Us. Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Sue. And we want to welcome you to the Simply Us podcast. Over the past two months, we've had some awesome discussions about having an unoffendable heart. And if you missed those episodes, we encourage you to go back and listen to them or just head over to our show notes pages on our website, simplybepresent.com. We talked in these past two episodes all about identifying if you've got a heart that's easily offended and how to live in a state of being unoffended. <laughs> so today we wanted to do a short, well, we'll see if it's short. Yeah, let's so, see if it is short. <laughs> on reconciliation. And if you've been offended and gone through the steps of releasing your offense and forgiving the one that's offended you, then you can start working towards the process of reconciliation with this individual, organization, whatever it is. And we do know that this can be so nuanced and we can't completely cover or know every situation, but we just wanted to lead you all through the steps and things we have found that work for us when we've asked God to move us in reconciliation. So we hope that these steps, albeit general, can apply to your situation in some way or form. Now, we do want to make it clear that forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation. Forgiveness is something that is just between you and God. But when you're pursuing reconciliation, you're inviting another person, typically the one who has hurt or offended you, into repairing the relationship. And it's my mom had this great visual. It's kind of like holding hands with someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could put your hands together right now, even your own hand, and hold it hard. I wish we were were together and I'd hold your hand. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not quite comfortable. Maybe some people like it more than others. (laughs) But if you're doing, if even your spouse, you're holding hands for a long time, they kind of get sweaty. (laughs) Um, It gets not, you know, no one's arms are exactly the right perfect length. So somebody's arm's always a little uncomfortable. Or the fingers don't always match up. Yes. And (laughs) even if you're able to do it, for me, sometimes I'm fully not able to think because I'm thinking about my hand being held. And it's hard to focus. All that to say, reconciliation and relationships in general (laughs) take work. Yes. Like holding hands with someone takes work. It is uncomfortable. But (laughs) when we put in the work and we try to work towards reconciliation, albeit with imperfect people that will let you down and will make mistakes, and hey, we're imperfect too. But when you can't do it, it's such a beautiful picture of love. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you know if you're sitting here and like, okay, yes, but how do I know if I need to pursue my reconciliation in whatever situation you're in? Um, a person that you've already tried to forgive with you and God, you've released them, you've received truth, and a good place to start is called the, the physical, physical test. test. <laughs> the physical wah, test. Wah. <laughs> so after you've forgiven a person and you're you're back in the same spaces with them, potentially physical spaces. If you find yourself ducking out of the room <laughs> when they come in, walking to the bathroom, turning your back so you don't catch their eyesight, or even if you're sitting with them, you find yourself 
angling your body in a different way, <laughs> you might need to know, hey, I should probably pursue reconciliation. I don't think things are right here. Yeah. And have, you, have you ever done that, Erin, like been in the grocery store and see somebody and you just go, oh, and then you just oh, walk past as fast as you can? You're like, I hope they don't see me. I hope they don't see <laughs> look me. Look down, look down. Don't make eye contact. Will they be brave enough to say hello? Yeah. Oh, man. That's when you know you might need to work on the relationship a little bit more, yes. right? But I love this thought of like when you really love someone, you go that far when yes. you notice or paying attention to you, even your physical body and are getting a re- negative response when you're around someone. It's like so loving without any strings, even if that person's completely imperfect and lets you down, you're still going to love. That's really having an unoffendable heart. Yes, that's it. So um, what do we do, Erin? I know. What do we do? So uh-huh. but before we got into the nitty gritty steps, I was having a conversation about reconciling with others. And I wanted to take a minute to talk about reconciling. I think there's a place I'm at in a relationship with someone. And it. I really think before I'm going into reconciliation with this person, I felt God as I as I went through these steps, as we prayed and talked about it and before we presented it to you all, I really felt God saying to me, you need to reconcile with yourself. Wow. And and I, that verse that you are going to talk about, and I talked about in previous episode and this episode, to be at peace with everyone, it really struck me this time that everyone included me. And I needed to make peace with myself and God because I think I've been believing lies and and taking on curses that were spoken over me. And I started to believe them and think they were true. Wow. And I, I just really felt like before I even pursue or push into like a reconciliation, I need to make sure that I'm believing the true things about myself and being at peace with myself. Yeah. So how do you do that? So, like, what do you do? I felt like... <laughs> That's a good question. Right. I, I felt like I had to go a little bit backwards and start to say, okay, I've got these negative emotions swirling around in my body and I'm still believing and I'm living as though I'm these negative emotions are these negative things are being spoken over me. Hmm. And that, I, I mean, I think I could go back and listen to even our curses episode and begin talking with God about how how am I feeling and why it's even hard to approach reconciliation. I don't think I could do it if I did not go back and yeah. get some truth about myself and who I am. Right. And I we, have to, dr- we have to be emotionally healthy, right, is what you're saying. Yes. Agree. At peace with myself is the only thing I love. That's what's stuck in my mind. And I began talking to God even about these feelings. And he showed me a lot of times I was putting my trust and the person who offended me. And that feels so scary because yeah. people are going to let you down <laughs> and not be perfect and hurt you. Right. And he, and for me, it almost put me, I was always on defense in our relationship. And I was mm. constantly feeling offended. Even after I'd forgiven, it was like, hit me with offense again. You yeah. know, I, I went back and forth in forgiveness, offense, forgiveness, offense. And I, God was asking me, I wrote it in my journal, to trust in him. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> and not in the person who had offended me 
and he would be my guide. He would be my protector and he's going to lead me to wholeness. And it was a huge mind shift for me. Yeah. I needed to reconcile and be at peace with myself and become healthy so I could move forward into healthy whole reconciliation with my offender. And I just want to encourage any of you listeners as we dive into this content now, if you're still feeling negative emotions after the forgiveness card, it's okay to take two steps back and and release, hear truth, go again, and then move forward. Um, Identify your negative emotion, chat with God, do a, a... what of the lies am I believing? What is true? When did I first feel that? So I would just, I felt this shift talking today that I needed to go back and do that. And that's okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> but And there's no shame in that. No and, shame. Right. So yes. just keep doing what you have to do to make yourself healthy and whole. That's the whole reason right. we do this podcast is because we want you to not believe those lies. We want you right. to be set free. And it happens to everyone, depending on the day even, too. But, Mom, (laughs) let's get into the steps for reconciliation with others. And you have a sweet, well, not sweet. That's not sweet. (laughs) a personal story to tell. All right. So, okay, you guys, my story of offense and reconciliation, it is very personal to me. And somehow, I don't know how this happened, Erin, that I just keep being the one that's sharing all my stuff, but... I want to do it. Thanks for taking a few for the I just realized that. I got the next one. (laughs) Because in hearing someone else's story, it becomes easier for us to identify identify what we hate may have going on inside of us, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we wanted to be personal and transparent on this podcast always. So you know the last week was hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. Grandma Anderson passed away last week. Well, I guess it's been two weeks now. Two weeks. Um, the 17th. It was, yeah, and it was expected, you know, but unexpected. Do, you know, does it make sense? You all, we, we knew it would happen sometime, but it's still when it happened, it just kind of shocked us. And yeah. um, I had already been doing the grieving process before she passed, but it still hurt. When, when, mm-hmm. So having you all come into town for the memorial was just really wonderful for me. It was so just having you all there for dad to meant so much and when we're all together under one roof I don't know how to describe it I guess it's just beautiful chaos I mean there's eight littles and when we're all here I love all of it but there's a lot of squealing and crying and giggling and yelling and fighting fighting (laughs) I didn't want to say that one but but we're being honest it's so true So on one particular evening, I was scrambling to get dinner on the table, and Dad, or my husband Don, was still at work, and that had me stressed out, too, because he usually runs mealtime, and he does it with ease. Like, it's so efficient. It's a different world than I grew up in. I know. It was always me, but somehow, you know, thank you, God, along the way, Don took up the cooking, and he's an expert at it. So me, on the other hand, I'm just far from, I don't have any ease at all, so... I do remember exactly what you're talking about. The energy in the room went from relaxed to high anxiety. Yeah, moms (laughs) have a way. Moms have a way of doing that. (laughs) Oh, the frantic pace you are moving at when you get overwhelmed. And I only like know and recognize this because I do it a little myself. But I've also seen Alyssa 
clean vacuum a room so quickly because she's stressed out. <laughs> right. So, so it was one of those moments. And I was trying to lug the table up from the basement. So we have a folding table that we put the kids at. And I heard Autumn coming down the stairs. She works here remote from our house. And so I knew when she was coming down, it was signaling me that it was the end of her workday. So I yelled up to her to have her help me carry the table uh Cable, take the table upstairs. She came to my rescue and she helped me get it upright. And as I turned to walk into the kitchen, like Jordan was smack dab in front of me, having just finished his work day as well. And what came out of my mouth startled me to the core. I mean, I mean, it's just like I turned and his, he was right there. We were face to face. And I said something like, oh, now you show up. Where were you a few minutes ago when Autumn and I were lugging up this table? We really could have used your help. Something snarky like that. Full, full, of, full of condemnation, I think. So poor Jordan. He had no clue like to why I lashed out at him. And truthfully, you guys, I didn't either. I immediately ap- apologized and was like, oh, oh, I'm really sorry, and just got on with dinner. So during the end of the meal, we were all just hanging out and talking when Jordan kind of brought up the incident and how he responded. I mean, it was lighthearted, but yeah. I just laughed about it with him, with him until I woke up the next morning. Yeah, and I feel like this is every day we were in Michigan. God would wake you early to I talk. Know. You'd come down and be like, I've been up since six. I just felt like you had the most positive attitude about it, knowing God's stirring me to waking me to go tell me yeah. something. Well, I, I would have been upset, but you were a superstar. Well, thank you for affirming me in that. But when I got up that morning, I, you know, I just started off, you know, asking God to search me and know me. And then he brought this whole situation back to my mind. And I was, mm-hmm. I just asked him like, what do you want me to know? Like, okay, so that's there. Is there something you want me to know? And then man, all of a sudden, all this stuff, like you just talked about the lies. I had all this stuff going on in my head. And I'm going to share all this because maybe one of you out there has had an incident like this happen where you just blurt something out and you kind of just make light of it and move on, not knowing that there may be like a deeper reason you responded the way you did. So that's why it's so good to do that, right? To get up. I think that's so crazy that like that quick response in the minute, in the moment was actually because you took the time to do it, pointing to something crazy. Yeah, something that you probably hadn't thought about. No, I would not. I the, what comes up, you guys, just you wait. So I knew this was <laughs> one of those times, and that God had something He wanted me to know. So I just went through a restorative prayer, and a memory came to me to me of me getting ready to head off to college, of like packing up all my stuff, loading the car, you know, trying to lift all of the stuff into the car, um, getting in the car and going on my own. And, you know, as I'm watching it and, you know, I can see it all in my head, I'm, I look around and I'm seeing like when I get to college, all the other families there with parents and them helping their kids get in. And I look around and none of my family is there and, and, it, and it hurts knowing mine aren't. And especially I wanted my dad there to do the heavy lifting to help. And he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so as I sat in this memory and I'm watching it all unfold, I realized, you guys, that it wasn't about Jordan at all. I mean, there were lies that needed to come up and out. My past hurts were lashing out because in my false identity, I believed I had to do everything in my own strength, that I couldn't depend on anyone. And, you know, it's interesting because in my grief, 
you know, all that was going on, I was vulnerable yeah. and weak. And even though like you like uh, commend me for going into my secret place, it's still like the enemy still was able to tempt me. And I took mm-hmm. the bait. Yeah. When you sat with this, did God show you what you believed about him? Well, I think so. My lie was that I can't depend on the people, but really specifically men. It was. Mm-hmm. And so that was interesting. And then what I believed about God was that I couldn't depend on him either to help rescue me, deliver me, or even carry a table for me. <laughs> he, he wasn't available with the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, yeah, that's when God brought to, to my mind this deep-rooted lie that men, other than your dad, because I, we, when your dad's there, there's calm and peace, and I'm good. But I think God allowed Don to not be present, to still have to be at work, so that he could get me to this point where I could see that my deep-rooted lie was that men will disappoint me. So in this mm-hmm. situation, I just took it out on Jordan because he just happened to show up at the exact moment my false self was functioning in full force. Poor Jordan. And they say that with kids, too. When a kid is, like, emotionally melting on you or at you, they say, you're just the adult in front of them. You know, it might not Wait, so you're saying I'm a kid? Like, I was like a kid? Well, it's something I think we take with us. We all do. We may be lashing out. I think we don't. We do have kid things, but it's all still the same. Right. You don't. As adults, we usually cover it up better, right? Yeah. Well, and they lash out at the person in front of them. You might not have been the one to hurt them, but you're there. Yeah. You're the one there, and so you get it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also, do you think your negative self clouded you from seeing Autumn and I? We were there helping. (laughs) Yes. Autumn helped you carry the table. I know. I know. (laughs) But, you know, God helped me to see that you girls were his hands and feet to me. And when I got healing and I confessed and gave my lies, you know, to him, um, he able to let me see that. But I want you guys to know when we're in our false self, it's so consuming. Sometimes we Mm -hmm. can't see what's right in front of us. And I couldn't see what was right in front of me until he opened my eyes to see it. And that didn't come till after, you know, the confession. I was just so shocked by the way I responded. But as I went through this process, I realized the goodness of God. He knew and was waiting for this moment to happen so that I could be set free of some hurt and pain that was still lingering down deep in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Because my mind went to circumstances where I had been disappointed by other men in my life. So, you know, it was that Mm -hmm. one. But then when you sit there, a lot of times God will bring up and bring up like how you responded to certain things because you, you keep repeating it. So... Mm-hmm. And specifically why I think it's important for this podcast is God brought to my mind where I'd been disappointed by men in life, times where I had already gone through the forgiveness process and even some reconciliation as well. But I believe God was bringing it all up again for this very reason, um, because I still had some reconciliation to do. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to help me sort through what had worked and what still had to be done in the process so of reconciliation. So I guess so that I could share it with all of you. <laughs> oh, and just so you guys know, God didn't let me off the hook with Jordan. So after my restoration with God, I woke up and, you know, I came right down. Poor Jordan had just woken up, right? <laughs> and I went right to him and I'm like, Jordan, I got to talk to you about something. I have to apologize. And of course he accepted my apology and said, of course I forgive you. And, you know, I'm really good. And then I jumped into the car and I went and got him donuts, you guys, because that's what I sense God wanted me to do. And we all benefited from the donuts, too. Oh, yes. Me and the kids, too. <laughs> I know. All right. So I just want to go through five practices to reconcile well 
that I've learned, that Aaron's learned, and we are, it's, we're just touching, scratching the surface here. Mm -hmm. Um, So take them, if they'll help you in any way, we would just be, we would be happy to know that it did. So the first practice is just when you're getting ready to reconcile, before you do this, ask God what he sees and how he sees the person who offended you. Mm-hmm. How does he see them? In my situation, he opened my eyes to have a better understanding of who they are and why they may have acted the way they did. We each come with stories carrying a whole lot of baggage or a whole lot of heavy tables that yeah. have led us to this exact moment where the offense occurred. So when I asked God about these men, he showed me a picture of them in their pain and brokenness with rocks weighing them down. We kind of talked about rocks in the previous episodes as being Mm -hmm. the offenses. And so then I saw a picture of a lot of rocks on them too. So whether they know it or not, just seeing their struggle made it easier for me to open myself to the possibility that 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 they reacted and did what they did because they're broken and at times living in their false as well, just like I am. Mm-hmm. So I think from this posture then, I was able to let my self-protected walls down so that I could walk through to the next practice. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in learning more about self-protection, check out our episodes on fear. There <laughs> you go. Asking God to give you eyes to see them is just empathy. Right. And having empathy for each other. Because you don't want to have empathy when you're offended. You want to keep the walls up and you want to have uh, your your right to be mad. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so we see them the way God sees them. And then the second practice is we actually ask God what he wants you to say. So here we get to practice our listening, right? Get Mm -hmm. ourselves in the posture to listen. And we've talked about that probably, I don't know what episode that is, but if you need help again on how to Listen. I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, put it there. Okay, so, because really, when left to my own ideas, I'm going to fall short of handling it in a way that's going to bring resolution. Mm-hmm. So God knows what's in the other person's heart. His ideas yeah. are always best, and they never fail. And so I asked God to give me the exact words to say, and as they came to my mind, all I did is write them down in my journal so I would have his words and not mine. Yeah, I was listening to this awesome kids podcast the other day, and it's called Ask Away, and it's by a, a woman named Meredith Miller, and her kids do it, and they um, tell Bible stories, but the kids interject, and they talk a ton about who God is and the character of God, but it's called Ask Away because then kids phone in and ask their tough Bible question. Oh, that's and cool. And Meredith, who is a, I don't know, she's done some kind of schooling, if that's important to you. And, <laughs> you can look her up um, on your own dime. Yeah. But in this episode, she talked all about Moses and the burning bush, and it hit me Um how alike this was she and her kids were talking about Moses and the burning bush and God had told Moses his plan to free his people the Israelites Mm -hmm. and the story reads that Moses is overwhelmed and not really excited to complete the task he has some pushbacks and this probably might how maybe how you feel about reconciliation (laughs) but God is good and basically gives him step-by-step instructions even down to the name Moses is to use to refer to God when he speaks to the Israelites and he says what will I call you and God says tell them I am who I am Yahweh which means I am always with you 
<laughs> and I thought, how fitting is that name for this episode? God is always with you. Yeah. He'll tell you exactly what you need to know as you move towards this messy reconciliation conversation or conversations. And I wanted to point out too that this can be like you can sit and you can listen to God and he can write down the things he said. But if this is like a really messy situation, therapy is awesome and <laughs> yeah. a tool that I've used. And so much of what my therapist shares with me is about healthy relationships with myself and others. And sometimes I feel like God is speaking to me through her yeah. to literally give me the exact words to say and to navigate my own relationships with people that are hard or full of conflict. Right. So I wanted to say that too. Right. I mean, because it's important. We've talked about that in that listening episode that God speaks so many different ways. We can never put them in a box. And yeah, so having someone who's wise and godly in your life to help you sort through stuff is God speaking right to you. So I agree. Yeah. But it's cool how he spoke to Moses. I love that Moses was so afraid to go to his people. The Israelites Mm -hmm. is who he more feared. And um, she goes into way more detail that's really cool about the history of that, which I I would just check it out if you're interested in kids' podcasts. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to practice three then. So the Mm -hmm. third one is to love them in the way they would want to be loved. Not what makes you or what makes me the most comfortable. So Philippians mm-hmm. two four says to think of others more highly than yourselves. That means handling reconciliation in the way that makes them feel loved. And and we need to know if love is not returned, that's okay because love means um, not to control someone else's response. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, knowing that love would lead the way. I asked God how to go about giving them his, his words, like how he wanted me to present it. Because I, I knew the who and the what. I just needed the where, when, and how. And all those details came together when I was able to think about how I could love, not in my own strength, but in God's strength. Like really get myself out of the way and just let love lead the way. Um, I could never love in my false self, but in my true self, I could because Jesus would do it through me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that too because even thinking about sometimes telling someone in reconciliation how they have hurt you or offended yeah. you, being like honest, that sometimes is the most loving thing to do. Right. I know sometimes I tend to shy away from that and I'm like, gosh, it's loving to pursue reconciliation. Right. No. <laughs> in this- a way. Yeah. You I don't think have that- to share even things that are negative or hurt or the experiences you've had. Right. So then that leads to number four, you have to do your best and then walk in peace. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like what you touched on about you have to have, be at peace with yourself before you can enter in. So as far as it concerns you, just be at peace with everyone. Sometimes I'm the one who must take the first step or I might be the one that, you know, not leave with the last word. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't end well, I try to do my best to be at peace with the person. So mm-hmm. I think. um in my situation, when trying to reach out to reconcile, um, w- there was two people involved and one responded and the other one didn't. And the thing about reconciliation is that it takes two parties for it to happen. So when we reach out and it's not returned or, you know, 
they're not interested, there's absolutely nothing else we can do to mend it except to keep praying for them. We never stop praying for the person because um, that keeps our heart soft towards them. So, and the whole uh, table incident and the restorative healing, (laughs) the story that I shared, I sense God did it so that I would reach out again to the other person. Um, And as of now, I asked if we could meet. There was at least um, dialogue, and I'm hopeful that we will. And I'm holding off. I really want to do this one face-to-face because, truthfully, I need it for closure. And I think that's important, too. You know, um, you guys really got to ask God that. Like, what does reconcile actually look like for you? You know, like, um, if it's face-to-face, if it's a phone call, whatever it is, you know. So one of my Mm -hmm. friends is known for this quote. He says this, it's an awful thin slice of ham that doesn't have two sides of it. I know who said that. (laughs) Shout out to Jim. There you go. (laughs) Shout out to Uncle Jim. And so when we meet together, it's important to listen. I mean, I would even ask them to share their side of the story before you even get into any of your stuff. And don't Mm -hmm. interrupt them and don't become defensive. Just listen. Oh, I think we need a master class in how not to be defensive. <laughs> oh, no. Are you, we cannot do another episode on that, can we? I'm kidding. Maybe we will. Uh, but what a beautiful picture of reconciliation that is and has been to me yeah. to listen and then mm-hmm. see. And then it's like listening, then seeing, then feeling the other side of the story, and then just making peace with it. You know, and then lastly, the fifth thing that I just recommend is just to rejoice. You know, I I chose to praise God for how he worked in and through the whole situation, in and through me first, right? Like you have to be at peace with ourselves. And then in the situation, the the enemy doesn't want to hear that I was joyful through this. It's like sealing the deal. Without our rejoicing, it's just way too easy for the enemy to bring it all back up. Think, mm-hmm. bring it all into our mind to think about all the things and like we can do that what if or I wish I'd said it this way right. and it just can mess with our brains so we need to just even if it didn't go exactly how you were hoping it to but there was some headway rejoice in it praise yeah. God for it and give it all back to him and lay it at his feet mm-hmm. okay so you guys When we offer ourselves and our situations to God as a holy and living sacrifice, these few tips that we've given you are easier to do. I mean, I can tell you that on the other side of it, my relationship, though it is not necessarily like it was before the offense, but this is what happened when I yielded to the Father's leading, yielded to the Father's leading, in exchange, I have yielded a harvest of the Spirit's fruit. And you know, if you've listened to these episodes, you know, yield is my word for the year. Mm -hmm. And here he said to me, when you yield to my leading in exchange, I will yield, I will produce a yielded harvest of my spirit's fruit, abundant fruit to replace all the false fruits that the enemy Satan tempts you to believe is satisfying. Believe me, you guys, nothing satisfies like hearing God's voice tell you to make peace and then actually following through and doing it. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we want to give you guys a chance to like sit with this and marinate and talk to God. So we're just going to do a quick prayer together. And uh, I want to remind you that as we do go to pray, we're going to ask you to listen for the voice of God. And we want to remind you that the voice of God is familiar as your own. It's gentle and kind and full of truth. 
So we want to encourage you to listen closely and write things down he brings to your mind because he can use the Bible, something from your present or something from your past, all things God can use. Songs, So listen right? closely. <laughs> yes, songs, poems, a memory that you had, mm-hmm. all of it. And after we finish, I do encourage you, go back and check the things you've written down to actually see if they are good, a kind, and align with the themes of God. And I was inspired for this prayer by the verse that I referenced already is, do your best to walk in peace. And I really want us to start there and using our imagination, close your eyes and we ask God, come, we know you're here, be near, open our eyes up, unblind us like you did the Saul to Paul situation so that we Mm. can see clearly. And as you're walking, imagine you're walking in one of your most favorite peaceful places. Maybe it's the beach, the woods, a backyard from your childhood home. Just picture yourself walking in a place of peace. And as you walk, take note. What age are you? Are you a child, an adolescent, a young adult, a more mature adult? Are you the age you are now? Coming up alongside you is Jesus. He greets you with a smile. His pace perfectly matches yours. And together you walk along with ease. What do you feel by simply being in his presence? As you continue to walk, you look up ahead. You see another figure and you immediately have a physical response. It's them. You see the person with whom you know you should reconcile. What do you do with these feelings of dread? Do you turn towards Jesus? Do you give in and run away? Or do you feel yourself getting ready for a fight? Tell Jesus what your first response is. And then ask him, what do you see in this person or these people up ahead? Write down what he says. Does his response fill you with compassion? Does your heart feel softer? If you're still feeling a negative physical response or fear, tell it to Jesus. Ask him what he wants you to know. Ask Jesus what exactly you should say to the person up ahead. Let your mind be still and non-judgmental as he shares with you the words to say. As you are writing, if you have questions or get stuck, stop and talk to him about it. Remember that he is abounding in love for you. He is not against you. He is for you. You and Jesus begin to move forward towards the person you spotted. Jesus still walks alongside you, reminding you that you are not alone. He is the peace that walks alongside you. He is the peace that surpasses all understanding. You pick up your head rejoicing because you are never alone. God is with us. Amen. Amen. Wow, Aaron, thank you so much. I, I, I honestly didn't look at your, your prayer notes, you know, ahead of time. (laughs) So it was really powerful for me just going through it right now. And Mm -hmm. man, I was, I knew exactly I was walking in the woods 
And I, I was mm-hmm. a little girl and Jesus was right there with me. We were skipping and I was delighted to be in his presence. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I saw up ahead um, the person and um, I immediately just turned into Jesus. It wasn't like I went away from, but I turned in and he held me in his arms. And um, I did say, I don't want to go, you know. And then, mm-hmm. you know what Jesus did? He gave me a memory of this person of a time when he had defended me uh, as, a, as a little girl. And yeah. something I had not even thought about in a long, long time. Oh. And so that picture is in my mind right now of that. And, you know, God spoke and whispered into my ear some really beautiful things about this individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how much he loves him and, you know. Yeah. And he delights in him as well as he delights in me. And so it was beautiful. It really was a beautiful picture of that memory just tearing down the wall again of self-protection, right? And right. Um, fear right. going away. and just. Um, in his time, I, I heard him say, "In in my time, it will it will mm. be made right." So yeah, to just keep pressing part. on in the reconciliation process. So thank you oh. for leading us. Well, that's a-, a whole nother note. Like mm-hmm. you can leave off at peace, knowing it'll be in his time. Yeah, in his time. And you too. If it doesn't happen now, you rejoice in that some step was made, but in this time, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah, really good. Um, thank you. No, I'm gonna sit with it too because I didn't. I did it, but it was wrote it more for thinking of other people and not myself. Right. And I'm like, oh gosh, I should finish that. Yeah. Oh, God <laughs> gave you a really good prayer there. You should actually do it. <laughs> um, well, right, we want to thank you guys for joining us for this episode. All the resources we talked about in the episode are linked in our show notes. And we are looking forward to next month's episode. It's actually going to be our last one before we take a break for summer. Oh, wow. Really? Um, I know, because next month is May. May. We're, yeah. we're thinking of taking June and July off. Yeah. So if you did like this episode or what you heard or you were touched, please share it with a friend. Mm-hmm. We we say it's all for the one, but if, if you know someone who could use a word on reconciliation, we love when people listen and share with their friends. Yes. And if you would think of it, feel free to leave us a review, hopefully a five-star one. And you can do that wherever you listen to podcasts. So yeah, thank bye, you, guys. guys. We're so thankful for you. All okay. right. Bye-bye. Bye.